everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Warriors in the Garden. This week, I have an amazing friend of mine, as well as an author of three books, one of which just came out that we talk about in this conversation. His name is D.S. Davis. We talk a lot about life during COVID, what's it like to be an author, and the state of the world that we're in. I hope you really enjoy this conversation. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Warriors in the Garden. I have a good friend and even better author with me, D.S. Davis. How's it going, brother? Good, man. Glad to be on. I'm glad you guys are doing this. We need. I feel like we need more people just doing stuff like for the hell of it. So, yeah, uh, definitely supporting what you guys are doing. And anyone who's just making art, making podcasts. And it doesn't always have to be like the biggest thing. You can just do it. You can have fun with it and build a community. So for sure. For sure. What you guys are doing. Thanks, brother. Yeah, no, we, the goal of the podcast isn't to just make a bunch of money. There's a lot of people that put out content and stuff like that. And they're just like, the goal is to make a bunch of money, which is fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. You have every right to go out and, and make as much money as, but really for, for me, the whole podcast is to just one hear my voice and learn how to speak to people and get out of my comfort zone a little bit and ultimately learn about other people and where they came from their walk of life and what they're trying to accomplish with what they have yeah i feel like i'm doing a lot of the same stuff i I do the articles on people i think you were in that one that i did a couple years ago and it started off just as a way to practice like journalism i come out at all as an amateur because i am an amateur it's not like you said this isn't i have no illusions like being some crazy big author it really is like for fun and i just get to i i do it just to kind of i don't know like freak people out sometimes (laughs) it's like i don't know how to describe it it's just kind of don't know i don't even know how to describe it we're gonna have to cut that shit out no it's funny because you can be walking down you know the road or the street and you've People don't know you, but really you're having your third book come out and you've done things. You've accomplished stuff in your life it, to the, the Joe next door. You're, you're just another guy, but really you have a lot to offer. You have a lot of talents with writing and, and um, communicating your thoughts and your stories. Yeah, um, I appreciate it. I, I look at it as like, you're just the guy who like plays guitar at a local like place on the weekend. It's just kind of, yeah, you do it for fun, but you also do it because you enjoy the craft of it. And like you get caught up in the details of it and that's what makes it fun. So it's not really about pushing things out. Although some money comes in and therefore I run it as like a bit of a small business, but sure. and at the end of the day, I'd rather just produce something that's cool. Definitely. No. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm trying to do, man. It's just, I've never really put myself out there in the whole like media world of music, podcasts, books, arts in any way. I've never really been into anything like that this is exciting for me and i've really enjoyed the process of it and pushed my boundaries a little bit with what i'm comfortable with and yeah it's been a fun journey for sure i think way down the road i think everybody who does this sort of thing is going to look back and be really happy they did because your kids are going to have something to like really understand a lot better who you are than than maybe like some pictures or stories you're gonna have like concrete proof of what like the your parent was thinking at the time and like feeling and that's kind of like a cool trivia thing for me to think about because it's like if i would have had just like thoughts like journals and journals for my parents it's man you, you just have whole under whole another like understanding of like who they are and like what got them to the place they are so i think a lot of people are going to be really happy they did it and a lot of people are going to be not so happy it's like a time capsule you get to create this like content where you get to share your thoughts and your stories of who you are and what you want to be and um, how you perceive the world. And it's, yeah, it, it is. It's like a time capsule of what's happening now. And then kids, your kids down the road, your grandkids down the road, 30, 40 years from now, they hear from this and who knows what music or, or Spotify or podcasts, movies, books look like 40, 50 years from now. Years down the road. So you're going to oh, look yeah. back and be like, man, <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> What am I doing starting a podcast? That's just crazy. What was I thinking? Yeah, no, that's funny. But yeah, no, it's just fun to to create something that you just, you never thought you really would be doing. 
and falling in love with it. It's yeah, you do it for fun. And that's how I think a lot of people hone in their craft a little bit and ultimately do start small businesses with the talents that they have. You start doing something for fun and then you keep practicing it, keep practicing it. And then you start, you know, gaining traction with people and they start appreciating what you have. And before you know it, you never know what, what could possibly happen. But yeah, it all starts with, with just having fun, really. Well, basically, I want to learn about D.S. Davis, what he's about, how you started writing, what kind of what kind of ideas you had when you started writing, where you've changed and pivoted your writings a little bit. So if you want to share that, that'd be awesome. Sure. I think I grew up surrounded by imagery. And I think because of that, that had to come out somehow. And I've always had a skill for the music of writing, just the flow of how sentences work. And I understood from a very young age, like paragraph structure. And like, as far as like the school system taught to write, I also could like figure out that game and sort of master it. And therefore I was really good at writing in school. But I, I think that the reason I was able to do that was because I just, for some reason, when I like read something or I hear something in a line of music or I like understand it in parts and I see it as more of a structure, more than a sentence. I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but basically I just, I've always had that sort of natural skill, but then also it was never something I like, had. I was always like too lazy to do it because it's just something you've gone to school and how hard writing is sometimes. It's just, you really are just trying to like force something out of your brain. And there's no like good technique to do that. You just have to sit there and just like work at it and work at it, work at it. And, you know, I was always just too lazy for that. But then I hit college and how college is you get aimless and you don't really have like as much structure as maybe you had before. And <laughs> so you just look for things. And I had a couple of classes where they let us write some fiction and then it got a little attention within the classes and the professor just was glowing about it. And so again you know how college is you get a little tension for something and it becomes like <laughs> your fucking backbone <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah you're like oh man this is people are interested at this point in my life and i could potentially really carry on with that but i think it's just it just feels like that first or second year of college you're just thrown into this like enormous crowd of people that have like never been together before and who are just all at once now just have to compete with each other and work with each other and live with each other all at the same time. And so you try to carve out your niche and figure out, you know, what it, what it is you offer the whole thing. And I guess that was it for me. Yeah. Did you, you know, growing up, did you have a family member that was good at poetry or writing or any kind of literature in any way? Or was that just something that you like really, what triggered that in you? My family is more of a like sports family. I have an uncle in California who has been a theater professor and actor for a really long time. And I have and the, all of my uncles write, they weren't writing fiction or they weren't writing poetry. Although I, I do have an uncle who's written of like of fiction, but everybody, we communicate well in my family. We just are, we're good at communicating with each other. We, I know, understand what makes other, what makes each other tick. And like my whole family, really like very good at communicating and, and at communicating like big ideas. Tell someone you love somebody, tell someone you're upset. It's, you know, we're good at that. And that's what writing is. You're just communicating in a more formal and structured way so that people you might not know can understand. And, but it was never like we're an academic family start writing <laughs> it was never like anything like that it was like you wrote letters to people and you like texted people on their birthdays and stuff I don't know it, it's it's something that we do I don't know yeah yeah don't overlook that because so many people and so many families nowadays have and I, I'm a part of this as myself too like we're terrible at communicating and I've seen that have downfalls in, in my relationships in my life and so for you to say I'm my family and I are really great at communicating and you know, knowing when, you know, we're upset or when we're happy or when we need to step back or help each other out a little bit. That's huge. Now in today's time is communication is a hard thing to really come by just because we're so distracted with our phones or the news, whatever it is. And you find it's definitely a, a treasure when you can find somebody that really 
is communicating well with you. And I'm sure by writing with that, increase that skill of yourself of just learning how to communicate with people. And yeah, it's truly a great yeah, well, it's not. I mean, it's not practice. It's not practice as, a, as an art. It's practice as a skill. So if people don't know how to... The, I think the big ideas need more than logic. And I think when you're trying to express something that's big and that's really like real and pressing, it's not, there's not a formula for that. You got to learn how to like feel that out. And we don't teach people to do that in this country, at least. Or, yeah. Or in this side of the world, really. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. So when you started writing, did you, when you would take English class or literature or whatever it was where you were, assigned to write about something were you excited to write about things that you were forced to write about or is it like man i hate the lack of creativity in this in this in this idea oh yeah no i hate if it wasn't anything that i was writing on my own time i didn't really enjoy it very much i also had i had a problem in college with teachers because i my, my non-fiction right wrote like fiction in a way and it's it, so where i would just I would find myself telling the story because I'd actually read about what I was supposed to be writing about, which uh -huh. in college is like a fucking novel idea. And they didn't like that. A lot of them, they wanted what they were teaching. And looking back on it, practicing it the way they taught probably would have helped me in a way, but you're arrogant. Well, at least I was a very arrogant student <laughs> my entire life, really. And I always felt as though I knew better than the teacher. And, 98.9% yeah. of the time I did not yeah yeah did you were there things in school that you were like happy to learn about or like the way different types of writings created or were you like you were you I'm only going to write about things that I'm happy about or that I'm interested in or were there things in school where you like oh I needed to attend this class this week so I can use what they're trying to teach into what I'm trying to write uh meaning in college yeah or just in school in general elementary through high school so I was like an athlete kid so I was like between the ages of 12 and 20 I was just a mass of like testosterone like floating around in the air and like running into stuff and so <laughs> banging your head on shit yeah and so therefore the only subject that's really going to interest me is like history and by history I'm like what was up with the wars <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that and in that time of my life no I was never excited for school I was like any other teenage kid I was there for social interactions and that's pretty much it I was awful at math my entire life science I understood I understood the theory of science I did not understand it in practice so I was really just like an aimless kid in high school as far as like academics go and then I get to college social scene's not what I thought it was going to be athletics are gone and wait so you're saying you, it wasn't just partying all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, it wasn't Project X every day. Yeah, no. So it was like a fall from grace. And I'm just like, again, looking for an identity for the first time in a long time. I looked forward to those classes, but a lot of those classes in universities don't really allow for that sort of freedom anyway. So I enjoyed them, but I enjoyed what I was doing as I started to write my own stuff on the side. I enjoyed doing that a lot better, which doesn't mean it was good or better than the stuff I should have been doing for class. It just means I was having no fun in class and was having a lot more fun doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. No, of course. That's, and unfortunately, school tries to fit everybody into a one-size-fits-all square, basically. And not everybody does that. Not everybody succeeds with that type of ideas. For you, writing your own books, how old were you when you published your first book? I published it at 23, but started writing it at 19. Okay. And it reads very much like a 19-year-old wrote it. No, I've read both of your books that you've released so far. and I'm super stoked for the next one. I've already pre-ordered it. And when you first started writing, was it just words were just coming out of your brain and you're putting it on paper? Or was it like, is writer's block like a real thing? Yeah, writer's block is 
See, it's weird because there are times when you have spurts and you just, an, an image comes to you and you just take off with it and then you're a page and a half later and you're, you just have a whole bunch of stuff that you either or you don't. And then sometimes it's literally just about sitting down and being like, I'm going to write something. I'm going to write a page. I'm going to try to like somehow hammer out a page right now. And it's more like that. It's more often like that. Having those sort of short bursts, it doesn't come very often. So when you have them, you're thankful for them, but you try to capture them. You, do, you sometimes don't and you can't be too worried about it. You just got to keep moving on. I find that if I hold on to things, ideas for too long, they're, they end up being bad ideas anyway. So there's a reason it doesn't work early is, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So is that makes sense? Is it better to really not think when you're writing or is it better to just have an open mind and just let the words come out? Yeah. I, that first, like that first draft definitely needs to be, you just have to do it. You, just, you have to just get it down. You can't, you can't think too much about it or else you're not going to get anywhere. And what the first draft and the second draft are important for is getting the story mapped out and then you can go back over it. It's like a painter goes about painting a coat goes down and then again, you're over it and you can make decisions from there and you can make all sort of abstractions from there. But first you have to get like the story down or else you have nothing to work with. Mm -hmm. So that first draft, you're really just trying to like figure out what happens and which sounds easy, but figuring out what happens means like 60,000 words of figuring out what happens. And so normally if you get like a page full every night, I think that's, for me, that's like a, an achievement is just getting like one page done every night. Wow. And you try to, I try to like stick to that, but some, sometimes it doesn't happen, but I try to just make myself write X amount per week or else it's, it really goes away and you try to like, it's, I don't know, playing some sort of sport. If you don't play it for two weeks, you're not going like, to hop right back in and be as good as you were. I try to practice that as more of like a skill, like someone would practice like carpentry or something. I try to practice it, build the skill, build the skill. And then when you get those like snap moments, you try to capitalize on those. Yeah, it's funny hearing you say like second and third draft because in school, I hated writing. Mm -hmm. Writing was like, I, you couldn't pay me to, to write anything. And I was the more numbers side of things. Like I like math, I like science and so writing is like a slow process. Like you said, like writing one page a night was an accomplishment for you, but really that could have taken, that could have taken you three or four hours or, you know, however long that it would take you. And for me, I'm like, I like to move fast with my work. Like math is, there's an equation, you put the numbers in. And boom, you get your answer and you can move on. So you appreciate the like slower side of how things start to piece together essentially and, and create the bigger picture. That takes a lot of patience for somebody to work on that. Kudos to you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. You can't help but be patient because you're just, if you're impatient with it, you'll just stop. And then that story's dead and it's going to, it's going to stay dead because you just tried to burn yourself out. So with writing at least, and because it's because of just the length of it. It's when you get, especially with a novel, when you're talking 60 to 100,000 words, <laughs> like that's going to take a while. And then you got to go back over and back over and back over and back over. Yeah. It's, I started this book two years ago. I've probably finished the first draft in six months. And then the rest of it has just been rewriting and editing and rewriting. And even now, you know, I'll release this next week and the, there will be somebody who comes up to me. <laughs> within a week and be like you spelled this wrong and i'm like fuck off <laughs> yeah I'm like, I'm like, hey you could you could be like hey thanks for reading my book though <laughs> you took your time out of your day to to correct my grammar Appreciate yeah it. yeah no it's when you said you started writing so you're, you're talking about the third book that you're about to release and, the, and what's the name of that one uh, the book is called ipa okay reference to is the craft beer uh, category. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You got me hooked. Cause I love IPA. I'm super stoked to, to, to get into that book and fiction is not really my favorite type of book to read. And 
lately I've been reading a lot of different self-growth, different types of other ideas and alternative ideas with books. And so it's cool to, to read something different. So when I read your other books, like they weren't really anything that I was ever really trying to seek out to read, but I knew you read them and I wanted to, or that you wrote them and I wanted to read them and see your creativity side. And I appreciate people's artworks. Like I, I know how much time that takes. I know how much effort and energy and, and brain power go into something like that. I definitely want to be able to support people that I know personally and try to see how their brain works in a way. It's, that's interesting to me. Yeah. And people have to do it too. It's the benefit that comes from doing stuff like this is just, you just, you learn things about yourself that you didn't know before. Mm. Check. You learn things about business <laughs> and about how to like deal, not deal with, how to get people interested. You learn how to get people interested who are not going to be interested anyway. And you just work at that and work at that. And you just, it makes you grow in a way that you didn't really understand before, but you don't understand now. And I know that's not a very good description, but you just unlock society. This potential that you didn't know you had, and you're happy you found it because it's valuable. And I don't know, that's been big for me. Self-confidence has gotten way better because of it. Yeah. And I also know how to, like we were talking about earlier and having com like hard conversations, a lot of the stuff I write is, it's all like cautionary. Like a lot of the stuff I write, like the characters, people like come up to me and be like, I hated this character. And I'm like, I'm aware that this character is awful. And it, <laughs> that's like part of the reason I put right. it in. If I don't, you, 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 I, you accomplished know, their, that goal of, of yeah. you know, yeah. showing somebody and, that they can hate somebody. That can yeah. And for any writer to say that they don't write about themselves is, it's bullshit and it's not true, but I don't, that's not all. I'd be out of material if that was all I was shooting. Like I've lived a pretty normal life. So if I was just writing about myself, I wouldn't have anything to write about anymore. So that's what I got to like going back to having hard conversations. I always got to like prep my family when a book comes out. Cause this isn't about me. This is not <laughs> autobiographical. This is purely fiction. Please do not worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And, what was the name of your, the second book that you put out? The second book was a very slim, very meta freak show of a short story collection called Scream at the Mirror. So that was the second one. That was the short story one. So yeah. what, what was the first one then? The first one was called Storyteller. And I wrote okay. that, like I said, I started writing that when I was 19. And all I knew at 19 about <laughs> literature was like the tortured artist like alcoholic <laughs> like talent super talented but just so like wrong and everything he does guy mm. and so I just wrote about that guy and I don't know I don't get a lot of feedback from people outside of friends family and like a couple of people that I've met on the internet so uh -huh. when somebody says my writing is good I just don't believe them I just, that's my, that's my just go-to rule because I don't know. And it's not in the false modest type way. It's like a, that's just, it's a biased opinion and I appreciate the biased opinion, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to say when I was reading that storyteller, I couldn't put it down, dude. Like I was like, I was just like flipping page after page. And then I was like upset. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody that, that wants to read it in case they like hear this podcast. But I was just like taken back by how you finished that story. And I was like almost sad. Like he, he just, it just didn't end the way that I thought it was going to. You definitely kept me on my toes and you can consider my opinion bias, but I think that was like, that was hands down, probably one of my favorite books. Honestly. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. That's yeah. uh that kind of, that kind of writing is meant. And I really changed it up on the second novel because the type of writing and storyteller, I didn't know it at the time, but since I've learned more about how fiction works, that kind of story is meant to keep you turning the page yeah. because it's hitting, hitting you with just adrenaline all the time it's yeah. like the literary version of just watching like a scary movie or something like you see you're just 
you're watching a car crash and you're just in awe of it and it's going downhill and everything's going to go wrong and you like you want to see it happen somewhere deep down in like your reptilian self you really want to see it happen (laughs) (laughs) but your conscious self is disturbed and that's that's uh that's an easy way to write and that's why i wrote that way when i was 19 yeah and i'm sure i'm still trying to shake that trend a little bit but that's what growing up is about yeah you get to it's an artwork you get to see where you started and where you get to finish up and and how you can improve yourself and that's definitely a part of of growing for sure yeah and i'm glad i'm writing it and not doing what you're doing because the whole face-to-face conversation in the form of art man that's tough (laughs) that's a tough one i'm not great at like i said i'm not great at communicating and meeting people like obviously i know you but the goal is to get out of my comfort zone see what it's like to learn about other people and then also have people learn about me and where i come from and and my opinions and so yeah face to face is is hands down not my favorite type of thing too yeah is definitely it's fun to to just try it out and know that you the people that you're interviewing or talking to or whatever it is they're not going to judge you nobody's nobody cares everybody's just stuck in their own world nobody's going to make fun of you or whatever yeah. like and even if they did well, fuck them like they don't yeah their opinion don't matter anyways so um, i was talking to Haley the other night and i was like if it's awful the good news is only nine people will read it. <laughs> and if it's good, the bad news is only nine people are going to read it. No, yeah, it's, there's always there's always like that self-critical part of, of releasing some kind of content mm. or whatever it is. And even when I listen back to podcasts of myself and recordings of myself, like I hate my voice. I, like nobody, nobody appreciates their own voice or nobody appreciates their own writing. They always think, oh, this is trash. Like, I sound like shit, like whatever. So it's in in a way it's definitely this lesson of self-love and saying hey this is what i have to offer this is what i sound like this is what my writing is like and this is what makes me happy maybe i might not appreciate my voice and the way it sounds or the way my you know words portray on a piece of paper but it's all a progress and it's all a process of learning about yourself and, and how you can really be happy with who you are yeah and i don't think you're gonna really have a choice in the the not so near future i think we're all becoming so interconnected that the privacy is going to dwindle and it's gonna it's the need to be okay around people and sorry man i got some cats sniffing oh dude from. i don't even hear them You're good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but i don't know what i was saying privacy yeah i just think technology is going to get way better than it is now and that's obvious to everyone and so we already lack a lot of privacy I wouldn't say we lack it. I say that we choose to give it up because technically you do always have a choice, but it doesn't mean you're going to be very welcomed into every community by making certain choices. As that dwindles down and more and more and you know, however, however way that's going to go, it's going to be a real skill to be able to communicate with people. Because as people pack in tighter, the tensions get high and you got to be able to communicate. I'm not a threat. Everything's good here. We're fine. I'm not, nobody's going to get hurt here. Everything's good. But this type of stuff, learning to communicate, where it becomes an issue is when people get big egos about it. They let the ego take over. Mm-hmm. And when you start becoming, when your persona, your sort of art persona becomes your number one thing, that's when you start to get twisted. It's when you start to lose touch with everything. And so I try to avoid that. I try to not take it so seriously. I do take it seriously because I care about it. But I try to not take it so seriously because um, just a purist on that, I guess. I don't know. I don't want I don't want my writing to go to the opinion of others. I just want it to be what it is. Yeah, yeah. And that's beautiful because you're not that that means that you don't take it personally when somebody might bend you with your writing or whatever you're just like that's your opinion but there's 50 other people down the road that are saying hey this is a great book so you're always going to have haters you're always going to have somebody that's going to look down on you and try to diminish you and that's honestly what is great about what you do about what I'm trying to do is you can you don't have to pay attention to those people you can keep doing what you're doing as long as it makes you happy and as long as other people find 
value in it and it's helping you grow as a human being and yeah it's the opinion of other people means that they're just disagreeing with you and their opinions are to be honest invalid because it really doesn't matter what they think about what your art is yeah and i I don't look at it as they're invalid i think that on a grand scale if someone from penguin random house were to read my stuff it's not going to be good enough for them because they're like they have a standard that has to sell x amount of books a year and if they can't do that with what i write i'm not for them so the good part about being an independent uh writer is that they can't i have a voice that's not distinguished that's not extinguishable you can't they can't what are they gonna do if they don't like my book they can't do anything about it it's still gonna go out there um it's still gonna be on the shelf so yeah it's i don't have to really answer to anyone and that to me is like a, a huge freedom and i'm sure it's it'll hinder the quality of my books eventually because i'm listening to less voices but that's all right with me if i can sell my stuff at weekend markets and on amazon then I guess Amazon could always kick me off, but I'll be nice to them. <laughs> it's hard to get kicked off of Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With all the shit that they sell on there. Yeah. That if they can make money off of you. Come to your home. <laughs> if they can keep money, if they can make money off of you, they'll stick around. Yeah. You're their best friend for sure. So in terms of you said like a publisher, is there Cause I don't know anything about writing. I don't know anything about publishing books. That's just all, this is all new to me. Do publishers try to influence your writings or try to edit it in any way? So here's how I got it set up. And I want to emphasize again that I'm an amateur at this. I don't, I don't do this for a living. I just enjoy doing it. I have a real job, but during the day, but generally what you would do if you want to get published by a commercial traditional publisher is you would get an agent first. So what you do is you send off your book to you send it, you'll probably send 10 pages and like a query letter to whatever agency, wherever. And you just send them via email and you just send out a bunch because it's, this is like a hard thing to get into. So you just start sending stuff off. And these agents have the job of obviously getting authors that are going to make money for these publishers. So the agents get all the queries, their interns or whoever reads the first 10 pages goes through those. They have what's called the slush pile, which is basically all of the things that people have sent in. They're getting, and then of course, it's not just that, they're getting influenced by, they have connections at university writing programs are saying. Oh, this kid might not might be pretty good. We'll keep an eye on him. We'll, if when he has a manuscript, we'll send it. So agent has to be, the agent's going to take you on. They got to know that they're going to be able to get you published. They're going to get the deal done. Everyone's going to get paid and your book's going to go onto the shelves. They'll also handle like your movie rights. If you want, if you get to a point where they want to make a movie out of your, out of your work, they handle like, digital rights they handle like overseas rights and you're going to have a team working on all of this for you then amazon comes along and there's an amazon there's a thing called amazon kdp it's kindle direct publishing and all you got to do now is write your book edit it do all the stuff make a cover this and that download it all onto there and you have a book and it goes on Amazon and you can buy author copies to sell wherever you want to sell them. You can sell it as a Kindle. There's a lot of options. So that's what I do. I self-publish. I have a company that I registered that kind of I house everything under that. Eventually I'd like to do other people's books, but for now I'm focusing on getting mine correct. And so when I'm, when I've written something that I find a publisher, whether that's through a contact or any sort of online program that that you can find like freelance work on get it edited get a cover send it in and the book's ready to go and then i choose release date and you plan your book release party and you have a good time and then it's over and you're on to the next one 
<laughs> plan your book release party. No, that's, you said you, you were like, oh, once you get to the KDP, all you got to do is write your book. You say you sound, you, you make it sound like it's, that's easy to do. Fuck man. That shit's yeah. hard, bro. That, it's that's very hard. hard to do, but 20, 30 years ago, not even 10, 15 years ago, you write your whole book and then just never get it published. Nobody gives you a chance. So at least now, like people have the opportunity to do this. And I like, if people have always wanted to do this, I highly suggest doing it because this is the first time in history where regular people can have a voice like that and can get books published and on bookshelves. And that's a bad thing because it's going to mean there's going to be a whole lot of bad books out there. But the good news is now we're going to find authors that you might not have ever heard of before that are really good. And they're going to get either their due or they're going to get the gratification of knowing that somebody picked up their book in fucking Nebraska, read it, enjoyed it. And that was that. And to know that's like a possibility is more exciting to me than any sort of like list or anything that you can get on for doing this. I say that now as somebody who's never gotten any attention for their stuff. You never know like when the attention comes, what it's going to be, but yeah, no, it just takes one person to read your book and say, Hey, this is amazing. Like I want to share it with a lot of more people. Yeah. It's just like I you, mean, man. It's 20 years ago. Like what there wasn't podcasts. You can just have a podcast. You can just get on with your buddies and have a radio show that other people can enjoy. So like, this is, yeah. This is uncharted territory for everyone. For sure. Yeah. yeah. The the ability to publish your content and your art is has definitely increased for sure over the past five yeah. years. Yeah, and it's increased people's voices too. Which is it's like I said, there's more noise, but there's a more it's a lot more good stuff that you never would have discovered. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great way to put it for sure. So obviously you like to write but do you also read a lot of books too or is does writing take up a lot of your free time or do you is there books that you're like oh man this is I, i'm gonna sit down and read this for all week i read a lot now because i've gotten better at it i didn't used to read a lot because it's hard <laughs> it, yeah it, so that's when i people are like oh i bought your book but i didn't read it i completely understand because like, writing is hard and it offers a, it's a lot of work for small bits of gratification that you like have to really pay attention to even get anyway but that's what i like about it that's to me that's more interesting i'm like a low energy guy in general like i get a lot done throughout the day and throughout the week but i don't like i don't like to speak up <laughs> and raise my voice and have to have a bunch of people that are answering to me and stuff like that so i like to sit and focus on things like really intently for a few hours and that's that's enjoyable to me and that's the type of thing that my girlfriend finds like insane about me but <laughs> I don't know I don't I'm not a like bright lights type guy I'm just more like yeah. in the corner like trying to figure some shit out <laughs> yeah yeah would you consider yourself like I prefer to work behind the scenes versus do the face? Yeah, yeah oh yeah I definitely like to work behind the scenes I definitely being I was like the kid that like didn't really vibe with birthdays like i didn't hate birthdays but i was always just like too much attention like i'm uncomfortable and yeah i don't i like can't wait till tomorrow <laughs> i can't wait till tomorrow when it's the furthest away from my birthday but it's time. not my fucking birthday anymore <laughs> <laughs> um who have been some of like the people that have inspired your writings or, or people that you look up to that you were like, man, this person released this great book. And who, who are those people to you? That's so uh, that's one of the questions that you like have an answer for in your free time. And then when someone actually asks you, you like really freeze up. I know that early on, I was more influenced by music than literature, but it was because I hadn't actually read and I'm not well read now i strive to read more and read more of the stuff that that the ages have have deemed important and try to read the things that are from supposedly the great people in our you know literary canon or whatever so 
as far as like authors go, what I like to read is stuff that's a little denser, not necessarily in terms of like page number and like word count and like how long you actually, but like how much you have to pay attention. Authors like Sinclair Lewis, Jonathan Franzen. There's an author that is picture like the most hated like music personality of the late 90s and early 2000s and there's a man named david foster wallace in literature who's like that guy where it's like half of the population thinks he is like a genius and reinvented literature in america and half of them think that he's just like an overwrought egotistical like son of a bitch um, and i happen to have been tricked by him because i read almost everything he's got out there not and not even that i i, I don't write like him at all <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it's not it's uh it's not like i really want to learn from this guy I, I don't even i don't even attempt to try to learn from him but a lot of the other stuff that i've read like i said i wasn't super well read so i did the hemingways and the edgar Allan poe's and mark twain and no bukowski and shit like that but it's all of that sort of like super masculine literature that came around in the 20th century and the stuff that really influenced my first book i'm no longer really interested in that stuff but i've been doing a lot more history lately too which again I, that kind of goes back to like when i was in school what i was interested in was learning yeah. about history learning about war and like royalty and stuff like that but i don't know i'm reading all the time now I try to keep two books going, you know, two physical books going, and then maybe like an audio book. And I try to just figure those out the best I can. But as far as influences, I don't really know. I, th I think to a degree I'm influenced by whatever I'm reading at the time. So little like bits of it will probably come out in a random short story that I wrote in 2020 that I read in some Sinclair Lewis novel or something like that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not, I, I'm getting jealous of like music artists who can just be like, I'm influenced by like Soundgarden and this and that, and that's that. And so I, for me, I can't really tell at all. And again, like I said, there's a lot, there's so much to read because fiction has been written forever. So there's a lot to read that you're going to look back on in 10 years and be like, oh man, like, I wish I would have read that. Like back then and knew like knew this way to turn a sentence and knew this way to tell a story or this way to describe a scene but i guess i answered the question it's good to to never be like satisfied because mm -hmm. if you're satisfied then what else do you have to work towards if you keep i don't want to say nitpicking but if you keep going back and saying hey like I could have done better at this. I could have done better at that. Instead of saying, this book is exactly the way that I wanted it to be. Like, what's the point of continue writing? There's nothing else that's challenging you. Yeah. And with writing, it's weird because like the only way to get better at fiction writing is to do it. First of all, is to do it often and then to read fiction. And But the issue you run into is you feel like, what you considered your own like pure voice in the beginning, you feel that start to go away as you pick up on other people's like quirks and, and trends and stuff and ways of writing. So you, there's this, there's like this death of innocence about it and you're not like the beginner writer anymore. And now you're like really out in the wilderness and you don't know what the fuck you are like stylistically. And you just, it goes back to what I said earlier. You just have to like really show up at the computer and try to get a page out or just try to keep moving because otherwise I don't, you just run out. I don't know how to describe it. It's like you're pulling from a well that you have to keep using to like, for it to keep working. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great analogy. Have you like come across people that have read your books and are not happy with it or prefer you to write in a different way is fiction something that you'll always stick with i would like to do some non-fiction stuff but like i told you when i was in college like i i end up just writing non-fiction kind of with a air of fiction to it and uh -huh. so i don't know i don't really i don't try to plan out what i'm going to write because it's it's like counting your chickens before they hatch type thing you, you like you try to plan it out too much it's you start shooting for bad ideas and then they don't work and then you end up with nothing. If I have something 
that has momentum, I just keep going back to it and I'll have like three or four projects going on at once. And to keep feeding that machine, I just rotate between them. Try to like, try to keep moving. Yeah. It's when you said that people like when they, when you're trying to just publish content or, or when publishers are just trying to like, just get shit out the door, you know, it just, the, uh, the scene and elf just popped into my head where they're trying to finish that book with, I forget, it was like the chicken on the farm or whatever it was. And there's five empty pages and yeah. at the end of it. And it's, yeah, there's so many people that will go out and just write shit to satisfy the masses basically. Mm. And so you are, you sound like you're doing writing that comes from the heart and comes from the mind and you're taking your time and, but also you're trying to move along with the story because you obviously have a lot to, to communicate and yeah, just keep trying to do what you're doing. It's, it's obviously making you happy and people enjoy your books, brother. That's the main goal, to be honest. Appreciate it, man. And I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm taking like a rebel attitude about it either. It's I, I just understand that I'm not what that publishing world is looking for right now. And, and not only that, but even, I just don't have the patience for it. I just, mm -hmm. I, I want to get this stuff out. So it's like, uh, you know, I don't have the patience to go through the query process over and over again. And like, yeah. like it was like, I'm not that, you know, serious about it growing to that level. So. I would rather just do it my own way, make it handmade, just just run it as like a an art small business. I don't know, like it's just uh, something for people to if they want to check it out, they can check it out. If not, you know, I'm not going to be starving if they don't want to. And there is there is a portion of the art world that it's made it's made to drive the engine of the storytelling in this country, and that's it's better we have it than if we didn't, because, you know, we'd have no soul, the country would have no soul at all. I don't love that. I don't love the stuff that we put out and that we like produce to show the world and it's, but it's better we have something. And so I don't try to be like anti-establishment with it. There's probably a lot of good people in that establishment trying to make sure. it better, but it's anything else that you get caught up in you're caught up in the system and you can't really do what you set out to do. And then things change and you, relationships fall off. And it's like, it ends up just being like, not something you intended it to be. So I'd rather just yeah. keep my stuff pure and just keep it small and just do the best I can with it. And eventually if I get to a point where I get to do other people's, let, I'm going to be upfront with them and tell them I'm not a big operation. I'm going to do the best I can with your stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's just trying to keep, like, keep it small, keep it genuine. Right. Yeah. I, if you keep growing and you keep growing, there's, there's good and there's bad to that. You have to have that medium, that balance of staying too small, where it's just, I'm not, I'm not accomplishing the things that I want to do with my books or whatever that may be. Or, or if you're going too big and you're saying, Hey, like I'm starting to publish hundred people, like, but really, am I doing it just so that I can publish it? Or is it, am I actually trying to actually genuinely support these small writers? So are you just pushing shit out the door? Or are you taking your time with it and really crafting it? Yeah, yeah. That's where I'd rather yeah. go, I think. Yeah, no, that's a great aspiration for sure. I want to like transition to what have, COVID has been a crazy time for, for so many people. And I've been blessed with a lot of different opportunities and I've had shit hit the fan as well over the past 18 months. Have you seen, has COVID kind of influenced the way that you think about your writing now? Or is it like, were you able to write more during COVID? Like what was happening to you at that time? Yeah, I kind of got lucky during COVID. I didn't really have, I had a good job and, it, and I kept it throughout the whole thing. So I didn't experience a lot of the stuff that other people experienced, either health-wise or job-wise or just the fear and anxiety of it all. Because I, I was pretty comfortable throughout it. There wasn't, was I frustrated at times? Yeah. But did it get monotonous and we're stuck away in our, in our, wherever you live, that gets monotonous and it gets routine and it gets sad. But I know I lucked out with it. As far as how my writing goes, 
I think we all get to see the bad side of that sort of situation. I think everyone in the world to show their, their teeth a little bit. And I think that's where a lot of the trauma is coming from with people who didn't have a very good go at it at COVID. That's nothing new to us living here in Tampa because we see it every hurricane season and we see what happens when people, when push comes to shove, we see how people get. But I think the rest of the nation got to see that. And if we weren't divided before, we're certainly divided now. Not as bad as I think people like to say we are, but it didn't help that all of a sudden it was, some people were playing winner take all and some people were playing survival. And I think each side kind of got disgusted with the other at that. So as a writer, that's, I'm going to have to like process that like everyone else. But so I don't know, maybe down the road, something will come of that. But it certainly was, it was the first time I'd seen the country like that. It definitely was something that I'm going to have to write about eventually. Yeah. To clear through. Yeah. Now, for sure, it's it's been such a apex in human history that this past 18 months, and I've seen so many people go through shit, and I've seen so many people be blessed, and it's interesting to see other people's stories of their lives during that time, and you know how things worked for them and how things didn't work for them. It's have you did you see like your were you able to write more, or was it the same type of timeline for things for you, or um, did it really not affect that at all? I think, mm, I don't know if I wrote more. I had more time to be at home. And like I said, writing is just sitting down in a quiet room and doing the job. So it needs to be quiet. It needs to, you need to be alone. Like you can't write in these in crowded places like that. So when you're home all the time, you always have that option when like I was going into a job or whatever, when I was teaching, I can't just step off and write something I thought of. So I think you catch more ideas, which ends up being a good and a bad thing because not everything you catch is, is good. Not everything you get down on paper is going to be good, but what it does and what it did for me was get me in the practice of just sitting down and doing it and not having an excuse to not do it. So I think I learned more of like, I learned more of the craft and like the workmanship of writing during that time, but there was definitely less like short bursts of energy. There's definitely, there's less stuff that would just come to me naturally like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Like you said, so many people were disgusted with the other side of people that were okay with what was going on and people that weren't okay with it. I think books and music and things like art are here to ground us again and reconnect us back to our roots. And that's how you, that's how you understand somebody is by relating to them. And that's a great way for art to do something like that. To wrap up this conversation, I've got a couple other questions for you. Where do you see you slash your work in the next year? And then where do you see the way that society is trending to go? Where do you see that going in the next year? As far as my work in the next year, I don't know that I'm going to get a whole lot done in the next year because I just did a, a full novel. So, mm-hmm. you know, this next year is going to be a little lighter because I don't, I enjoy doing this. So I don't want to burn out too quickly. And I have a tendency with things I enjoy to burn out quickly. So this next year is going to be an act of pulling back the reins a little bit and getting back to doing it for fun and taking more notes instead of trying to write like trying to turn out fiction taking more notes of taking more notes of observations of things I see around me I want to get into a little bit of poetry uh, which I'm not very good at so not even to get better at it but it's a cool craft to know it's when you understand the basics of it you really your writing and just your speaking brighten up a little bit and they polish up a little bit as far as the world there's so many variables (laughs) that you have to take into consideration about the world i don't have a whole lot of answers what i can say is that things are shrinking probably as far as the space you have between your ears it's gonna it's shrinking down less and less and it's a good thing because it makes people more alike and it's a bad thing because it makes people more alike and less interesting Mm -hmm. that way yeah 
I think a lot is going to depend on like where technology goes, not as far as entertainment, because we've, we've really spent so much effort on entertainment in the past 60 years, especially in the U S entertainment's sort of king here. And we spend a whole lot of money on it, but I'm talking more about AI that can do jobs and that are like going to take jobs. And I think the closer we get to that, we're going to have to figure out something that is different from what we do now, because there's going to be less jobs and that's either going to be a good thing or a really bad thing because, because aimless, I don't, I feel like when people are aimless, that's when the trouble starts. And really that's what my book is about. This new one coming out when you don't have any sort of target to shoot for you get aimless and you get antisocial and you start to develop the idea that everyone's against you and if that's the idea you have then people start that's i feel like that's when violence starts is when people can't understand each other so Mm. we're gonna have to figure out a system of are we really going to go in on this ai thing and figure out how to take care of people when they don't have those jobs anymore or are we going to pull back on the ai a little bit and um, try to stabilize a little bit. So I don't know. It depends. It's, it, this, the shitty thing about it is it all depends on leadership. And we have very little control over leadership. Now, we have a lot more control over leadership here than a lot of places. So sure. I won't be the guy that gets on here and, you know, bemoans democracy. I won't do it because I think we're doing our best. But yeah, yeah. But leadership that high up is hard to, what are you going to do? There's millions yeah. of people here. So, you know, you do your best to get the best leaders in, in line and in charge. I'm way more into like local leadership than I am national. I, in my perfect world, everybody takes care of their corner. And, but you know how that goes. So I don't well, really know. You mentioned people need to either be cool with the AI thing, or we got to figure out how can we put people first instead of Mm -hmm. replacing them. And I think a lot, I I don't think AI is going to stop. Money is the driver of everything for people, especially with concepts like that. So AI is going to continue the way that it's going to go. But I think people are going to start to realize that their normal nine to five job that is making them X amount of money, but hey, you might not be happy with is something that they're not down to do anymore. And they're looking to be a little bit more creative and figure out different ways to provide for for the means that they have in their life. And so I see creativity becoming more of a factor in a way that people rely a little bit more on of of saying, hey, like, how am I going to provide for my family now that my job's being taken over by some computer or, or whatever. And you said that people need to have a target for things now. And I feel like nobody really, and I don't want to say nobody, but I feel like a good bit of people and probably majority of people don't have a target. They're just shooting for the stars, which is great, but also they don't have a end goal with things. And there, that means if you don't have a target or if you don't, if you're not, if you're not trying to really reach that end goal, then you don't, one, you don't know what it's like to accomplish it. And two, you're okay with failing. And it's absolutely sure you could be okay with failing because that's where success comes from is failing. But I think that people need to really like work towards something and not be okay with always failing, like always trying to say, Hey, like at the gym, like you have a goal of reaching an X amount of weight or lifting an X amount of weight. But if you're not pushing yourself, like, what's the point? Like the whole point as a human is to grow and and progress yourself. And you can't be, you can't let, you can't let failing be the answer and be satisfied with failing. So I think people are definitely going to need to one, cut out all the noise from other people and the news and, and stuff like that. And they really need to focus on themselves and really say, sit down and be like, Hey, I need to do this year. I need to accomplish this year because you're not guaranteed any of it. So you might as well really try to work towards something. And I think, like I said, creativity is I think it's going to be a blossoming type of thing for sure. Yeah. And I think the one thing we have to not forget is that the creativity is what sort of leads us 
and sets our sights and but then there's work that comes after that and I think that a lot of people like tend to forget that and I think that the reason might be for that is because we just we did a really good job of in the 20th century of you know turning the American people into a machine that worked really well in, in producing goods and winning wars and stuff like that but then at the end of the century that idea of hard work became so toxic and it almost became a word that you kind of shudder when you hear it's like mm. when someone tells you to just work harder it's like like that's something that like your first grade math teacher told you but you know it doesn't have to be like a painful thing to work harder it's just you it's you acting upon the world to try to, to try to put out as you're consuming it's like you can't if you just sit consuming all the time and you fall into that trap of this constant barrage of entertainment and you're just a consumer over and over again you not only become just like useless but you become just like hollow i don't know you just become like there's no soul to you you're just all, all you can do is intake all you can do is intake yeah. it's like yeah now that like we have we're gonna have the ability to like be creative and then put it into action i think is like such a huge opportunity but people got to realize that it's not going to come easy and mm -hmm. that there's a whole lot of stuff that you didn't take into consideration when you started that you're going to have to deal with. and you got to just be able to like do those things or else it's not going to work and i think some people you know think of creativity as like this big like i was talking about earlier like this big burst of like success and like free energy but i think there's that but then there's a lot of work that comes with reeling it in yeah yeah, we live in such a instant gratification world nowadays. Answers are at the tips of our fingers that it almost is trying, like the, the society is trying not to teach us to work hard. It's trying to teach us to gain the information as quick as possible. And there's this, if you wanted to go out and do something and it takes hard work, and the moment you start to try to put into that hard work and you're just like either upset that you're not gaining your goal as quick as possible and you, you start to fail. And I think hard work and determination on what you want to accomplish is almost hard to come by nowadays with people. And we're so you know ingrained in this whole instant, instant gratification idea that it almost shuts us off as human beings because now we're just like this trash bin of information and emotions. And it's sad to see like society is reliant on our phones and receiving that. If I do this, I know the outcome of this, but if I actually try to work hard towards something and try to reach my goal and it takes that hard work, it's not easy. It's hard to, it's hard to stick with something and it's hard to continue pushing yourself to reach that that ultimate end goal. I hope to see people more not giving up as easily as we should. The moment something starts not go our way, we're like, all right, I'm done. This is it. I, I, I quit. I, I just want to see people more striving for a better place or more excellent things. And yeah, so that's just, it's, it's going to take time. It takes generations to, to really accomplish and, and get out of our mundane cycles that we're in. Yeah, I think one of the encouraging things about that is that we see things from like a male point of view. And that idea that you're talking about has affected, seemingly affected males a lot more than it has females. And I think that's probably because females are they're more naturally resilient. And there's something about women that they just know how to maneuver certain situations. And I think mm -hmm. as leadership in the world becomes a little bit more female, we're going to see that improve, but it's going to be up to the guys to not lose their shit then because. And give up some <laughs> of that responsibility too. Yeah. Yeah. And the responsibility can be shared. There's no doubt, mm -hmm. but I don't know what it is. It seems like we all grew up playing video games and stuff, and maybe we're, we're just wired now to expect things to go if we do the right things. And I think there's something about something about us that never really got through that it doesn't work that way and when i say the, the female mind i'm talking just more in like a a feminine essence not exactly yeah. just like all female but but 
what I'm getting at is there's a reason more women read fiction than men. It's because they have that skill of maneuvering the context and picking out what's important and what's not, but listening to everything. And that's what I know, you, like you said earlier, like you prefer like the self-help and the, the more like analytical books like that. And that makes sense because you're in more of an analytical mind. And that's why for a lot of people, fiction is really hard is because it's like a story. So it's not telling you this is the important part or this is the important part. It's not giving you the bullet points. And that goes, like I said, that's why a lot more women read fiction than men. And that's why fiction by men is often more descriptive like that. It's got more descriptions of what's in the room. It's got, there's a lamp here to the right of that. There's a TV to the right of that. And all of those descriptions have sub descriptions of this is the kind of TV it was, that it does this and this. Mm -hmm. And when you read fiction, you start to pick up on stuff like that. And it opens up the side of your mind that even if you were a, a storytelling being, you start to see stuff in the world and you start to see just little things in people that kind of clue you in on what they're feeling and what they're saying and stuff like that. And so <laughs> going back to what you said about reading the self-help, I love that stuff too. And a lot of it is, it's good because it's so applicable, like right away, I can read these 10 steps and like apply them and this is going to improve. But I think sometimes when people don't read fiction or even just take in fiction through movies that are longer and maybe a little more in depth, you learn something about the world that you didn't know before. Does that make sense? Yeah. In a different way too. Oh yeah, definitely. Cool. Hey man, this was a great conversation. I absolutely appreciate you and your time. Where can people find your books? Where can they find your socials? Tell us where we can find you. My website is dsdavisrights.com. You can pretty much find all the books on there and their Amazon links. And there's also a bunch of just short stories and essays and like a blog post. And I do my articles about the people I meet, keep them in a tab called the Storyteller Project on there. As far as socials, leave the Instagram is at underscore DS Davis. Let me double check. <laughs> yep, that's it. Facebook, DS Davis, Twitter, I think it's DS Davis Writes, but I'm pretty much Instagram only. And then I try to when I don't have a book coming out, I try to stay away from it because, yeah, you, know, just, you can play in another world too long and <laughs> get lost. Yeah, you get, so. you get absorbed a little bit. Yeah, but I appreciate and you then, having me on, man. It's been a good conversation. I appreciate you having me. For sure, brother. And then when does your newest book come out? Next Friday, 1126 Friday. Black Friday. Sweet. Um, be available. It's available for pre-order now. Awesome, brother. Hey, thanks so much for your time. We'll stay connected. All right, man. Yeah, man. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, man. Have a good night. See ya.